in-depth conversations, matchup breakdown, everything a Steelers fan could want. This is Fourth Down in the Steel City with Chris Mack and Josh Taylor. And welcome back into another episode of Fourth Down in the Steel City. Alongside Josh Taylor, I'm Chris Mack. We've got you covered all things Steelers every single day right here inside your Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. It's free. Download it if you have not yet. And make sure to follow the podcast so you get alerted as soon as new episodes are ready. However you get your podcast, by all means, subscribe, download, rate, review. We appreciate the feedback, even if it's on YouTube and it's about our face. Well, Josh's got no problem. This thing, though, we're over on this side of the screen. is we, we got to do some work. Anyway. On YouTube, go to the 93.7 The Fan channel and tap on that little notification bell. You'll get alerted as soon as new episodes of Fourth Down in the Steel City are available for your viewing as well as listening pleasure. Yesterday, Josh, we talked about building the Niners game plan and how they should attack the Steelers, at least based on our opinions of what both teams have at their disposal. We know Nick Bose is going to be available Still questioning whether George Kittle will be good to go or not on Sunday, but leaning towards probably, I would think. Uh, let's now, let's go about building the Steelers game plan. Brought to you by your business here. If you're a contractor, if you're, I don't know, a home improvement specialist, a home improvement store, wouldn't it be nice to sponsor a weekly segment on a podcast that reaches all of Steelers Nation on multiple platforms? You could. Building the Steelers game plan, brought to you by your business here. All right, Josh, seriously, let's go. That was so into seamless. I'm so seamless. That's good. <laughs> I'm impressed. Uh, what, what do the Steelers do? Uh, what, what do you, let's start with what we would do, but also what we think they will do. What I suspect, and, and let's we'll work in reverse from how we did it yesterday. Let's start with the Steelers' offense. I do think they're going to lean on the run early. They're going to lean on Najee and Jalen Warren to sort of slow it'll be like two heavyweight fighters a couple jabs here and there just to feel the other guy out see what the Niners want to do defensively and see what may be available to them kind of get a little you know get the the oil moving between the the parts in the engine um, on the offensive line so to speak I think they're going to play it relatively safe early on my question is if they'll continue to play it safe later in the game when they may need to pick up the pace to score points but I, I, I'm inclined to believe that we're going to see something very similar to what we saw, say, in late December, early January last year. They're not going to ask Kenny Pickett to do too much. They're not going to put too much of the game plan on his shoulders. And they're going to lean into the guy that Mike Tomlin's absolutely in love with in Najee Harris. Yeah, they're going to they're they're going to really try to be as I won't call it conservative, but I, I will I will expect them to do pretty much what they were built to do in the offseason. We've talked about this pretty much ad nauseum, bringing in Isaac Salomalu in that offensive line. And it's no it's no secret. It's it's no, you know, unknown fact that Salomalu is a mauler. He can go in there, he can mix it up, he can pass protect, but he can really run block too. He can really mash some dudes. So that's something that you look at as, as a, a needed, needed asset on this run game. Then you look at Darnell Washington, who a guy who I will continue to think is an X factor in this game. Sixth offensive lineman on the license plate. We've heard that story a billion times. He's a guy who's probably going to be a factor in how this offensive line does his job. And let's be honest, there's going to be six offensive linemen as often as they can put them out there. I say all that to say this. The Steelers have tried to become a more physical team and how they built this roster. I think everybody understands that. 
games like this are why. And it's not necessarily to try to out-physical the other team. There's a saying that they said back when I covered the SEC 10 years ago, you don't try to out-Alabama, Alabama. They're not going to be able to do that with San Francisco. So out-physicaling San Francisco, if that's even a word, that's not the now. end game. That's not the end game here. However, the objective is to survive. You, They had to get bigger and stronger and more physical to be able to survive a team like San Francisco, to survive a front like that that has been upgraded with a very familiar face in Javon Hargrave. They have to try to survive that front now. They have to try to survive those linebackers and a couple of those DBs. And I've been talking about this a lot on this face. They like to hit people. They're a little crazy. They, they like the Bruce folks. And they, they are very, very, very into hitting you until you basically quit. Yeah, That's the team that they're facing. And they had to get more physical in order to survive against teams like this. So I agree with you. There's going to be some running in this game. There's going to be some 12 personnel with uh, one tight end and two receivers and one, or just say two tight ends, one, one running back and two receivers. They're going to use two tight ends as much as they can because they got to try to get some kind of physicality going to get the run game moving. Because if they, if they lose that, it becomes a lot harder for Katie Pickett to try to do anything in the passing game. And more importantly, they got to try to find a way to keep the ball out of San Francisco's hands. Controlling the clock is going to be important in this one because if they fall yeah. behind, God forbid the Steelers fall behind by a couple of possessions, it becomes even harder for Kenny Pickett because now you got to try to keep in step with that offense, but you're facing that defense on the other side. Hey, Chris, here's a good reference. Remember what Drake said? Like a sprained ankle, I ain't nothing to play with. Mm-hmm. That's San Francisco's defense. You fall yeah. behind a couple possessions to that you're room. Done. It's a bad, bad way to be in. So I agree that I, I like going out there, and, and this is because of our mutual admiration society we've started for Darnell Washington. I love the idea of going out there with 12 personnel, right? I, I love that. But here's where I worry about them going out there and doing that thing where they try to bang their head against the cinder block wall and hope to knock a hole in it. Is That's fair. If you're stacking eight in the box and Hufanga's coming down and playing at the line of scrimmage all the time, Which it's going yep, to be very evident very early on that Najee's going to have one of those 3.2-yard-a-carry kind of games. I'm okay with that. I don't hold that against Najee all the time like some people. What I do, though, is I look for a way to work around it. And I come out in 12 personnel, and I say, that's great. We've got six offensive linemen. We can keep one of them in if our guy Bosa decides that he's going to have a day in his first day back. But more than, likely, more, more than likely, we're going to use these weapons at our disposal. We're going to line Pat Fryer used up in the slot sometimes. We're going to motion them across the formation. we got George Pickens, and we got Deontay Johnson on the outside. And guess what we're going to do? We're not going to try to beat you over the top every time. We'll reserve the opportunity here and there if you show zero coverage to hit you over the top with George Pickens. But what we're going to try to do is nickel and dime you to death in the pass game because we trust Kenny can make those throws. We trust Deontay Johnson can get hit by Kenny on a quick five-yard, not even three-yard slant. Quick little slant route. Bang, timing. We got Deontay for five yards. We're going to take Pat Fryermuth. We're going to run a rub route that gets him on the outside against man coverage and gets him open for six, seven, eight yards. We're going to take George Pickens, and we're going to let him run some deep ins and some deep outs. And we're going to let Kenny show off the arm strength with the tiny hands just a little bit. And we're going to we're going to spread you out. We're going to force your safeties to back up just a little bit. We're going to force your linebackers to play a little bit of coverage with Darnell Washington coming off the line here and there. And then we're going to open some things up in the run game. Much like if I were Kyle Shanahan, 
I would have the Niners passing to open up the run game. If I am Matt Canada and the Pittsburgh Steelers, I'm doing the exact same thing. I am passing to open up the run. Now, I don't suspect that's the way they're going to do it. And I think I'm going to be a little bit frustrated at times early on on Sunday. <laughs> but that's where the defense comes in into things, as we'll get into in a second. But that's, that's what I would try. I would line up in my 12 personnel. I love Darnell Washington already. Like I said, we're both on the same page there. Yep. He can run routes like a receiver. He can block like a tackle. That's a dude you use in every single situation. You don't have to pull him off the field. You don't, rookie or not. Uh, so I think 12 personnel is the way to go. You, you don't have to ask Allen Robinson to do too much. Then occasionally you're going to bring him in on third downs, but that's right. the way I go with it. I try to nickel and dime him through the air early on to see if I can loosen up the box, loosen up the line of scrimmage and open some things up for Najee and Jay. I'll go into the vein of the Mike Tomlin analogy that people keep trying to draw from, from the preseason. When he talked about, you know, you can't, you can't box if you haven't sparred a little bit. Let's, let's stick with boxing. What you're suggesting is the Steelers using the jab to keep the 49ers away from the body. And that's not a terrible, not a terrible game plan at all. Because granted, in theory, it works a lot in boxing. Worked for Muhammad Ali against George Foreman. Just saying. But you you use that jab, so to speak, as far as that short passing game, just to keep things, if nothing else, just to keep things on schedule, like yes. Mike Tomlin talks about. Just keep it in front of the sticks instead of behind them. And you get to some third and manageable, some third and fives and third and sixes, and Kenny Pickett just has to make one play, make one good read, and find the right guy to move the sticks. That is not a bad game plan. It is not a bad strategy. I actually like this, what you're saying on your end, because at the very least, it does two things. One, it keeps Kenny Pickett clean, which is good. Mm -hmm. Two, it keeps the offense at least from being one-dimensional. It doesn't keep you confined to a box. And three, if it works and you put a couple good long drives together, it starts to wear that defense down to where, where you're talking about using the pass to set up the run. Now the run game not only has holes, but now Najee is starting to hit against some guys that are tired. Yep. And now you can start going after the body. To go back to that boxing analogy, after that jab is opened up, now you can start going to the body and hitting them where it hurts. I just love anything that gets us in second and six or second and five or better or third and three or better. because then Winning on first say, down has been really hard for this team. I totally agree. And, and get Kenny into a situation where he can walk to the line and second and manageable or third and short and make a decision based on what he sees at the line. He's able to do that now. I think most second-year quarterbacks can walk to the line, count the box, see where a mic is, and say, hey, it's third and three. We can do whatever we want here based on what the defense presents to us or second and five. And that's what they've got to work, I think, to get into is those second and fives or better, third and threes or better. And I think that opens up a world of offensive possibilities. Other side of the ball, like I said, I think it's all about making Brock Purdy uncomfortable. I mean, yes. we, we can talk all we want. We have talked a lot because of what Mike Tomlin said on Tuesday at his press conference about needing guys who can match up against McCaffrey and Kittle and Debo. That's all well and good. But sometimes you got to just be honest and admit, hey, as much as we may like our guys, they're not going to be able to take those guys out of the game. They're not. You can do everything you can to try and limit the damage. But you know what else helps limit the damage? If the inexperienced quarterback is running for his life. And I love the idea of being aggressive on the defensive side of the ball, Josh. Look, we know T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith are going to have their moments based on how the offensive line is sliding their protections. But – I'm bringing Quan Alexander on, on, on a on a on a fire cross blitz in the middle at some point. I'm bringing a slot corner, uh, especially if it's a if it's a Pat Pete on a third down blitz out of the slot. I'm I'm sending my defensive tackles after the quarterback every time. 
I, I think they've got a unique opportunity here to really take it to Brock Purdy rather than allowing Purdy to do what he did the bulk of last season, which was sit back and run Kyle Shanahan's off offense and just poke holes in the opposition defense. The easiest way to keep him from doing that is to not give him the time to make those decisions and get after him early. There are three things you have to do in the modern game, Chris, if you want to be at least a serviceable to a good, maybe even, God forbid, great defense. A, you got to be able to get after the quarterback because the passing game now has so much more weight and merit to it that it could be something that you could beat you in the short term, just like small doses, like you mentioned, or it could be where one play just really just gashes you. So you got to be able to get after the quarterback. Number two, you got to win one-on-one -on -one matchups, whether in the run game or in the pass game. Guys getting off their blocks and getting to the ball carrier, DBs, you know, making sure they don't get beaten or at least not beaten too badly to keep themselves in the play. But then there's the third thing, and this is where I think this matchup may play into the Steelers' hands. At the very least, if you can't get to the quarterback, see if you can confuse him. See if you can give him a good pre-snap look. If you're a good defense pre-snap, you got a shot against any team you play. So if you can give Brock Purdy one look and then have it shift to another look and maybe have him thinking that he has a guy that after this snap he doesn't have after all and he thinks he has the remade before the ball snapped and that ends up being a pick, a pick coming the other way and God forbid a pick six if Micah Fitzpatrick is the one holding it or maybe even Pat B, that's where you start getting into those big splash plays on defense that can really make the difference in the game. And that's what plays into Terrell Austin's hands because that's what he wants to do. He's already talked about it. Patrick Peterson's talked about it. Micah Fitzpatrick's talked about it. He said, look, we got a group to where we got guys where corners might look like safeties after the snap. And safeties might end up looking like linebackers because of what we might show and then what we might do after the ball is snapped. If that's the case, and I'm with you, make Brock Purdy think a little bit more. If you can't confuse him to force him to make a bad throw, make him wait a beat. Because if he's looking at something that he sees after the snap that he didn't see before, that might be the difference between him getting the ball out and him having Alex Highsmith or TJ Watt or Cam Hayward in his face. If yeah. you can't get him to make a mistake, at least make him think. For make him extra think. Second I love that. And have those guys get to you. Because if you can't beat them, confuse them. And if you can mm -hmm. confuse them, then maybe you can beat them. We are coaches and players talking about playing fast all the time. Quarterbacks don't necessarily have to play fast, but they do have to think fast. And if you yeah. can make him think a little bit longer, that plays into your hands. Great call. I love it. Either way, we're talking about getting in Purdy's face or giving him confusing looks and putting the game on his shoulders, much the same way I would think the Niners defense wants to put the game on Pickett's shoulders. Might just come down to the quarterbacks on Sunday. That's building the Steelers game plan brought to you by your contracting our home improvement business here on fourth down in Steel City. When we come back, we get ready for the first full Sunday NFL football. Fourth down in the Steel City Pick'em. That's also sponsorable. Next, right here on fourth down in Steel City. <laughs> 